Walking Through Glass, the podcast, I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, founder of the Lead Her Shift Movement, internationally best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach, affectionately known to my clients as The Catalyst. Why? Because I make shift happen. My purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. I wake each morning with the mission to help you lead with confidence, speak with influence, and connect strategically by getting out of your own head so you can lead. And by lead, I mean learn, experience, apply, and develop. Walking Through Glass, the podcast, is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It is about the struggle we face on our journey walking through the glass, the fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and you know that BS those belief systems that get in the way of us living the life that we dream and desire. It is time to make the shift to clarity, confidence, and consistency. And today I have an amazing guest online with me today who is going to not only help you with your confidence and your persuasion, because Miss Nancy... Medoff, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, is best known for teaching professional women how to ask for and get what they want and deserve at work. She does this by sharing over 30 years of expertise in leading and training global sales teams. It's all about those sales people you are always on, how to exponentially increase their conversion rates, bringing in millions of dollars of incremental revenue. As a result of that, The women who work with Nancy learn unique, tried and true persuasion techniques from a seasoned professional woman who knows what it takes to get and keep a seat at the table. That deserves some snaps. And without further ado, I'm going to even let Nancy share a little bit more about herself with you. Welcome, Nancy. Hello, hello, hello. It's great to be here. Yay. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I mean, number one, your bio and your resume is extremely impressive, but I wouldn't say nothing is as impressive as you're sure as the spirit of you and and all the things that you do, whether it's consulting and speaking and the fact that you you do this on a global scale. And I am excited to have you on the show because the way that you came into my 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 sphere, my circle was through another particular group, you know, the FEMS. And I posted and said, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking for these type of 
lack of, or the best term to describe these badass women who really want to have a conscious conversation about being real. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you said, yeah. So how, how do you really keep it real and walk through the glass and navigate this thing called life? You know, Dina, I think the way I keep it real is um, by being real. So I was asked a question the other day, uh, and the question was, what do you want to be? What did you want to be when you were growing up? And what I wanted to be was I wanted to be a career female executive. I wanted to work in a big downtown office. I wanted to walk to work in my skirt with my sneakers and then change into my pumps when I got to the office and travel the world and just kind of be this big corporate exec. And I achieved that. I achieved that a while ago. So uh, once I got to that level, I I believed and took action um, to make my life's mission helping other women and really um, ch- trying to change the social norms of how women behave in the workplace through confidence building. Oh, I love that. I love that. And when we think about women in the workplace and even the whole confidence building side, um, what I see, and I've worked with some amazing COOs, CFOs, CEOs, and that the whole premise and the story behind walking through glass is that they got their seat, they got their invitation in the room. And then once they're there, what happens is that they're trying to figure out how do I play small or big, you know, Am I, you know, am I a male or a female? You know, mm-hmm. I say behaviors yep. and the energy that they present and that their confidence and really truly who they are, what their real truth is, seems to be stifled. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And what happens is sometimes when a when a female tries to, I'm gonna put little air quotes, act like a man, uh, particularly yeah. in a negotiation or in a meeting or in a crucial conversation they end up shooting themselves in the foot. They come across as not being real, not being who they are and, you know, being super aggressive rather than, you know, kind of owning, owning your seat at the table, understanding and truly believing that you deserve to be there and that you add value and then being able to articulate that value. So if I think if women spent a little more time trying to do that rather than trying to figure out how to act, which almost almost all women do it at one point yes. in their lives. Um, you know, it could be, I, I, I teach at Boston university and a lot of what I, what I teach and what I work with the, the young female students on is their confidence in the workplace. And then at the same time, um, I'm going to share a story if that's okay. Can I share a quick story? Cause this, love yeah, this blew my mind. So I was at a uh, I was at a meeting in New York last year. It was a it was a pretty high profile meeting. It was an investors conference, and I was having a glass of wine at the end of the day with a friend of a friend. So there were a bunch of women um, sitting around, which is rare because it was an investors conference conference, and it was probably ninety percent male. So we were just sitting around talking, and I was telling one of the women that I didn't know that well what I do, and she said, "Oh, well, that must be." You know, that must be interesting. You, you really, you teach confidence. And, and I explained, well, yes, it's a skill and you can train yourself to be more confident and there's specific things you can do. And, you know, she, she said, oh, that might be great for my daughter. And, and it was a very short conversation. And then about five minutes later, this one was managing director of a major commercial real estate firm. So about five, 10 minutes later, she, she got this look on her face and I said, you know what, what's up? She said, I just realized that I didn't negotiate my salary for my last job. Wow. And I, 
I just, I smiled at her and I said, see, she, and she said, I negotiate all day long. That's what I do. I'm a negotiator. I negotiate huge real estate deals. Yet when it came time for me to negotiate and advocate for myself, I, I didn't do it. Fascinating, mm-hmm. isn't it? That, but that's so telling and that's so true. And when I think about from a um, neuro-linguistic space is that there's this programming especially for us as women, that we're not here to literally advocate for ourselves, but to really nurture and advocate for others. And that if we do, then it's seen as more selfish. It's seen as you're only thinking about yourself. And I recall some of that old tape growing up. Whenever you were asked, what did you really want? If you you had to, and I, this is a, a me story, is that I would sit back and say, well, if I told them what I really want, they're going to judge me and think that I am... X, Y, Z. And so I just learned and developed that habit of not asking for what I really wanted and asking for less. Because if I said what I really wanted, then the, the next part is, are you being greedy? Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. think about yourself? Yeah. Are you, and so when you hear that, what, and here's the thing, it wasn't people outside the home. This came from inside the home, which is a, some of our most powerful influencers and, you know, the women in our lives who said, you're not supposed to ask for that. You're supposed to pretty much give to others. And if you do this, then, so I believe that part of that tape continues to follow us. And I know it's true, the way the amygdala holds on to all that is that when we're in a negotiating space, we will go to bat for someone else. And especially if we're mama bear mode comes out, if we're looking at our, our even our younger uh, mentees, we'll mm-hmm. go charge the room and fight for them. And then someone puts you on the table and say, okay, what is it they want to do? Well, you know, I'm good. I think, and inside we're sitting there going, no, I really want another $50,000 right. to right. go into vacation right. and I want an assistant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. And that's actually, that is a tactic that can be used as a female. As you're approaching a negotiation, you just nailed it on the head. As you're approaching it, frame it in your head or reframe it as you're, you're negotiating this for your team or for your family or for, so when you, when you just make that tiny little shift, it's proven that women are more successful when they do that. Yes. Yep. I've I've gotten the best results for me when I treated myself as a client (laughs) and, and, you know, and said, you know, certain things are just non-negotiable. I have certain non-negotiables and I had to have those non-negotiables with me, meaning I had to have a stern talking with myself. And so when someone will ask, even when they're looking for a, a writing package or even a coaching package or even of those other types of things, and I'm doing all of that. In that process, my coach says, name your price and shut up. So in my head, I'm going to be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And I don't explain. I don't keep talking. Here's what it is. And if you need it, here's another piece. And then I be quiet. Mm -hmm. Because when people start asking you questions, we start to talk. That's when you start to incur that self-doubt. And then, oh, well, maybe. And that's what kids use, right? When they start keep asking, but why? And what about this? And now next thing you know, you went from... No, being a complete sentence to the maybe to the okay, yes, I'll go ahead and sacrifice myself on the on the mat for you. I mean, <laughs> and by the way, they might have there might have just been a pause. They might have been ready to say, "Great, no problem." When yeah. when can you when can you come on board? 
Right. Yep. And that's Absolutely. what we're saying. What we're saying in our head. And so I love what you do. And my sister uh, recently was shifting jobs and she's um, an auditor, a certified internal auditor for a bank. And so she called me and she said, you know, this opportunity is presenting itself. And I said, well, I told you about a year ago that you were ready to start making some shifts. And she said, well, here's what kind of what's coming up. Well, went through the process. It was great. And she said, okay, they were asking me what I'm looking for. And I said, put everything in the crock pot, make your pot of gumbo and let them negotiate around that. And the shocking thing for her, but she's definitely worth it. She's a phenomenal leader with extraordinary experience. But the shocking thing for her is that just by stating what she was looking for. And I told her she probably could even negotiate it more. She asked and got a $40,000 increase for what she's making now with all the other pieces. And she was initially hesitant to throw that out as even a first marker. And I said, yeah, say it and be quiet. (laughs) Say it and be quiet. It's, it's crazy. Cause to your, to, to your point, you don't, you don't know. She threw it out there. She, by the way, she probably could have got more, right? If that was her starter. I was like, you realize that if you didn't make them gag at your over, you could have got more. Right. And she's, yes, but, but what the truth was, and this is a part that I even, you know, definitely your insight is going to be important. She said this, knowing what, where I'm at in my, whatever, she was, this was what was very comfortable for me. Like this is where I felt like I was good, but here's what we did negotiate that in six months, they take a review after she's now been there because she's going some new things and getting some new responsibilities. Mm-hmm. We evaluate. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't mind, I, I'd like to go back to the, the salary for a second. Um, this was for a salary, right? Was this for some kind of a... This is, she moved, she changed, went to a whole nother company. Right. Another, okay. Yep. Right. So this, yep. Salary, vacation, yep. working yeah. from home now, a couple days right. a week, all of that. So, so I would ask, you know, if anyone's listening or I would ask you and how many times do you think somebody has asked for a salary that they thought was a stretch and the hiring manager said, I can't believe you asked for that much. We're not going to offer you the job. Mm. Never, never, mm. never. So, <laughs> That's right. I mean, I've hired literally hundreds of people and I've had people ask for some absurd amounts. And you know what? I say good for them. Even if, even if we're really far apart, good for you. You're not going to get that much, but, but good for you. The worst that yes. can happen is they say no. That's the worst that can happen. You are so correct because from one of the companies I was helping them restructure from their operations. And so I was helping them with their hiring practices and, and their um, administrative recruiting. And so again, I was making those initial pieces and profiling. And then I'd say, okay, what's your sweet spot? What would make you feel good? That's the way I'd ask them. Love it. And, um, and they would tell me and I would, you know, say, okay, great. And I said, but now here's the framework of what this position actually is. And then you, I want you to, I want to be honest with you for you to make that choice. And then I also had a situation where we were in a tight spot. And so one particular role, this person, and I, he wasn't my choice. He kept negotiating up and up and up and beyond because we were in a tight spot. But I kept saying, he's really not your guy. Like I'm a profiler. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to work, but they were in a desperate spot. And this guy went from, you know, pretty much increasing the negotiation capacity 
50,000 additional, was asking for more medical, was doing all kinds of stuff. And in the end, but by the time he finished, because I thought there were some integrous issues there yeah. where he was negotiating at and, and what he was doing, that by the time we got there to the end and he's finally saying, oh, okay. And I said, well, pretty much you now negotiated yourself out of this, not because of the money you were asking, because of the methods that you yeah. were using. Because of the way you, yeah, because you approach, no question. No question. It was, I got to have an answer today because I have these two offers. Can you guys offer me this today? Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, that's true too. I mean, you know, I've never seen anyone do it, but there is the risk of, of coming across as too aggressive. And listen, if you've done your homework, yes. here's, you know, here's what like positions in the market are getting. Here's what I bring to the table. That's a differentiator. Here's what I think I'm valued at. And if you as a hiring manager aren't, aren't comfortable and don't value me that much, that's okay. That's okay. Well, then we're not the right fit. But right. I've done my homework. I have my walk away rather than, well, I want more and I want more because of this or I want more because of that. Or can you throw in this and, you know, used car salesman like, you yeah, know, it that, it's, not, it's never going to work. Yeah. It got, and I was very frustrated with um, the leadership team when I was taking them back the feedback and they had actually offered, and then the person declined because they said, oh, well, so-and-so is going to give me this at my other job, and I'm really looking for more. And I said, okay, you know, I'm glad that they declined. But then the next week, the guy called back mm. because a lot of what he was saying was a lot. He thought they were going to go up a little higher. Mm -hmm. that other piece. So, you know, men tend to do this. Mm -hmm. a lot. They, they, they use their, their savvy and they do this. So what's one thing that women can actually do differently to really advance their, their careers? And not only on the pay scale, but as a whole, as far as a holistic body of advancement. Um, I think that one thing women can do for differently to advance their careers is to ask for what they want and know that they deserve it. So, so that's that I'm going to let that sit for a minute. So really what that means is that could be anything that could be a promotion. It could be more money. It could be better projects. It could be resources for your team. I mean, how, you know, how many women or and men, but women in corporate America need resources for their team. I need more FTEs. I need more money for research. I need more, this piece of equipment, whatever it could be, they don't ask and they don't advocate for their teams. It could be something as simple as, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm not able to balance the needs of my home with the needs of my work. And I, and I'd like to work from home two days a week. Think about how much more fulfillment they would get in their personal life and their professional life. If they could ask for and demonstrate the value of them working from home two days a week, their whole life would change, but they don't ask. They don't ask. Something you said just, just kind of pinged me and triggered me when you said that as to why they don't ask, because some of them don't know how to ask and they don't know how to frame the language to even support what their value and worth is. So there's a multiple layer to that, the fact of why they don't ask, but even if they know that, okay, I know I'm valuable. How do I say this? How do I put it in words? How do I use the right language and the tools, which is why someone like you is phenomenal to help <laughs> navigate that is the, is the, how do I ask? Yeah. So, so really the, the best way to ask, 
and this could be a sale, it could be a salary, it could be a resource, it could be anything, you, you really want to be persuasive, right? So the, the number one, the number one approach that I, that I think is almost always successful is to start with them. Yes. So, you know, let, let's take the example of I'd like to work from home on Mondays and Fridays because that doesn't really involve money. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of wor- working women who'd like to work from home on Mondays and Fridays. So <laughs> there's two ways you can approach this. You could go in and say, listen, I'd really like to work from home Mondays and Fridays. It's going to be much easier for me. It's going to shorten my commute. It's going to be better for my family life. I'm going to be happier. Um, and I'm probably going to work some more. I'll work more hours, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Right? Versus, you know, yeah. uh, you know, versus, hey, Dina, you know, I really love working for the company. I, I hope, I hope you, you, you think I'm adding value. Has everything going, been going good so far? Dina would say, you know, yes, it has. You know, that's great. I really, I see a, I see a future with this company. I really want to continue to progress and add value and make a contribution. Um, I think that if we would be able to take a look at my schedule, and I, by the way, I'm just doing this off the cuff right now. If, if I, we'd be able to take a look at my schedule, you know, I think, I think there's some ways that we could find a way to maximize my productivity, um, continue to keep me engaged and foster some more innovation by maybe having me just step out of the step out of the office a couple of days a week, uh, you know, and then you would list all the benefits to you, Dina, in doing that. You're going to have a more productive employee. I'm going to be more engaged. I'm going to be more creative. I'm going to have more time for my team. Frankly, I'm probably going to work more hours because anybody that works from home knows that you work more hours. Um, and you're going to have a happy, engaged, satisfied employee for a very, very long time. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely. No, you hit the nail on it. Starting is what's in it for them. And, and sometimes it's a little dichotomous in the brain where you're like, well, I thought it was supposed to be about me. It is about you because sharing, showing what's in it for them is going to get you what you need. So that is mutually beneficial to do that. But you always start with where and how you're adding value. And I think that is, is really a powerful point. And again, as you were speaking, there's so many just amazing nuggets that's coming up and, and sparks is that right now in what I call the Corona crisis <laughs> yep. and women are having to, cause women do be, are still predominantly the, the caretakers, even working women. <laughs> and now either a, there's two things that are coming up in some of the um, connections in my, in my networks. One, I have the executive or the corporate woman who still has to go to work, but now has zero childcare because everything's shut down mm-hmm. and doesn't have the support system to be able to, and then certain mandates, they doesn't have that support system. So that's one. And so now they're concerned about how am I still going to show up? Because now we're talking about, you know, psychologically, how am I really going to be able to show up in Maslow's hierarchy of needs? How am I going to show up for work? And I can't even really, my home is all in a disarray mm-hmm. um, as well. And then on the flip side, I have that executive corporate woman who's now quarantined at home and has to work from home. And the kids are also at home. The family's all at home. <laughs> and they're. <laughs> Everybody's at home. Everybody's home. And you're like, what the heck? Because right. even though she's at home, whether you have a spouse or don't, they're still looking at you <laughs> to give direction. I mean, how, 
what what would you recommend? I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm asking. Yeah, you, it's, it's interesting because I'm I'm actually, frankly, I'm going through this right now. Oh, wow. Like literally right now, 20 minutes before this podcast, my husband happens to be home working. We're, we're both working from home. He usually doesn't, but he obviously, because of the Corona crisis, he's taking a call on speaker. It's extraordinarily loud. And <laughs> I'm trying to do a podcast. So, so I had to, this just happened 20, literally 25 minutes ago. So I said, all right, I have two choices. I can lock myself into a closet and because I, you know, I don't want to disturb him. He's in the middle of a call or I can advocate for myself and say, Hey honey, I'm about to start a podcast. Can you please put the phone on mute and please don't come in the room for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> so I know I'm oversimplifying it. And, and I know you, obviously you can't do that with children because they're going to be banging on the door and sneaking under the door and all kinds of stuff. But you know, I I would recommend a, a family meeting and a and a conversation with your partner if you have a partner around. Hey, this is here's what I need in order to be successful. And if I'm successful, here's what that means for you, kids. Here's what that means for you, partner. So if we can all get on board <laughs> with some of these guidelines and boundaries for the short short period of time. I can continue to to be successful, and that means we're all successful, right? I don't but know. It's, did, yeah. it's, it's part, but the thing is, like you're saying, it is. And so, I had a girlfriend post this morning, and she's a realtor, and her husband's, of course, working from home, and and she's an empty nester because her kids are all grown. But she posted, I thought it was hilarious, but not funny in a sense. She said, "Please don't let me become a mean wife." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes. Me. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Because she works from home and out, you know, in and out. But now having that person home and they're looking and they're looking to you to still, you know, to serve like you like you do. Um, but now it's like all day. No, that's your time after hours <laughs> during my work day. And it reminds me of um my former in my former life, I was a school principal for ten years, and my son happened to be a student in my school for a couple of years. And so I would tell him, "Go, mom, I go. I'm your mom after three o'clock." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Take the zero, or you can go walk home and get. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I'm, I and I during this framework of time, this is my role, and I love you. I see you, etc. But. I'm going to have to put some boundaries in place for my own sanity. And that was, that was the the part I find um, can very be difficult. And what I like to call like walking through the glass and, and even what does that mean to you? And I want, I hadn't asked this question before, but I think that you could provide even an amazing take on that. When you hear the words or the terms walking through glass, what does that mean to you in relation to um, being a career professional or corporate um, woman in business? To me, walking through the glass means, I, I visualize a woman, means a woman truly believing they're worth whatever they're asking for and that they're going to get whatever they're asking for. That, and that could be anything. So that's really, and that's my mission is you know to universally increase confidence of women everywhere because once they know they're worth it and they know that they can get it. 
and they can mm-hmm. articulate it. Think about how different the world would be if everyone could do that. It's easy for me and you, Dina, right? We're saying, okay, we're home. That's it, kids. Here's the deal. I'm mom after three o'clock. You need to turn off your phone so I can, you know, get it off speakerphone so I can be on my podcast. Do you, that's you and I. That, that's, do you know how many people aren't like that? Yes, because they've been asking me going, how do you do that? Which is right. why I created the podcast because they were saying, how do you? And I thought, huh? Right. Oh, right. This, I, but then even in my own family dynamics, I realized that we all play a unique role in, in, in that personality. And that one of the things I tell people that any advice, anything that I'm sharing is because I've been through some things. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think like what I've been through. And I say, so I'm not sharing because I read it in a book from Dr. Spock and he said, this is what you should do. These are the, what I call diva hacks <laughs> that I learned um, to do that. And one um, advice I was giving for those of you that are parents out there and moms out there with smaller children um, and even children in elementary and middle school and for heck, even high school is that if you are working from home and the teacher yet hasn't set up their virtual distance learning experience yet, is that find opportunities. It's a bonding experience for you and it's a learning and an actual on the job training experience for them. So if you have some aspect of your work that you can give them to do and help have them support you in it, you bring them along. So it's not just them sitting on the sidelines. So I have certain clients who are in the accounting field and right now it's tax time. Now we've got an extension. It's tax time. And I said, what is it about what you're doing without, you know, sharing PMI, you know, that you can help your, you know, the child say, Hey, here's how we do this. Cause now it's a teachable moment and they have come to you and you are actually getting some help. And I said, now child labor laws, I would actually invite you to maybe give them a couple of dollars if they're really helping you file papers or, or stuff envelopes or look at your schedule. Hey, people out there, small business owners, Social media, they're great at that. How about you're not really great on social media? How about you have them do some social media graphics or posting for you? You know, research something that you can share, but make sure that they're a part of it. And for kids, people with younger children, if you're cooking and having lunches together and bringing those younger children in and doing a cooking class and a cooking lesson with them, and you can do measuring and counting and health and nutritional, you know, so there's so many ways that you can what you can do instead of focusing on what you can't do. And then my other just completely throwing shade and laughing in your face is now you're going to get the meaning of when people kept saying that was little Johnny, you kept saying my little Johnny wouldn't do that. There you go. <laughs> right. You got little Johnny all day long. And now. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, think about the incredible role modeling that is happening for little girls everywhere right now. Absolutely. They're seeing their mothers at work, making decisions, asking, advocating, leading, um, motivating. They're seeing it firsthand. I believe that this, what's happening now with, with a lot of people working from home, this is going to change how our kids grow up. Yes. Because they're going to see it firsthand and they're going to hear it. And hopefully, you know, hopefully it's good behavior that they're seeing and that we're role modeling. They're going to see it, they're going to hear it, and then they're going to emulate it. And they're going to, I think... This is really going to help. In particular, um, it's going to help little girls grow up to understand that that it's okay to 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 be a leader. You're not being bossy. You're being a leader. Absolutely, I love, 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 love that. Is that you're not being bossy. You're really being a leader. And 
which is why I created the leader and founded the Lead Her Shift movement mm-hmm. in 2017. And it was really about shifting the way we lead. How do we learn, experience, apply, and develop as women? And what the roles and how they fit, and who and what we're letting define us, and what are we saying to ourselves to be able to grow to our, the best version of ourselves? And and I share that with people and say that I that was my journey. That was I was at a point in a in a transition point in my life where it didn't matter the education that I had, didn't matter the experience that I had, didn't matter the career that I had. Is that I went through and dropped to the bottom pit of and lost who I was <laughs> because I was looking at outside factors to define me. Mm. And when my environment and my ecosystem changed, then I got lost for a minute. And it took me a moment to get to realize that, wait a minute, I am who I am, period. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, and I call it transitional depression. I went from K-12 education to, you know, corporate training and they don't understand the role of education in that space. When you look at corporate America, you know, so I was in a world of academia most of my life, my career, mm-hmm. to the corporate space and trying to explain who I am. Right. And right. they didn't see it the same. It didn't marry the same. And so when I realized that the shift have to, had to occur within me and I had to take, you know, control of my narrative and actually re-script it where necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, that, had, that, is, that has pretty much been how that walking through glass, it wasn't getting to breaking the ceiling. It was what's happening when I'm in the room and people are ignoring me mm-hmm. and people are thinking that I don't have a voice or that people are saying, for me, being an African-American, amazing dynamic diva, that, oh, she's here because of the affirmative action piece. That happened early on in my career. And I thought, What? I've worked really hard. And so you're trying to fight against these false narratives and in fighting against the false narratives. Sometimes you can neglect your own truth. Cause you're in a, yeah. So I had to, I had to shift the way that I was thinking. And so in a a nutshell, I had to persuade myself (laughs) and have a (laughs) conversation with myself. And I say, there's three things that you need. Um, to really truly live the life that you dream and desire. That's clarity, that's confidence, and there's consistency. When you're clear about really truly who you are, you can actually confidently show up as you are, and then you can be very consistent in what you do. Yep. yep. And that's what I decided to make my mantra and my my piece and what I and and who I am and getting clear about that. So that's why I said I, I love this platform. I love hearing and having amazing professional women, just amazing women, period. Whether you're professional home mom, everybody. I mean, nothing's more hard, harder than a stay-at-home mom who's trying to navigate a household, a budget. I mean, exactly. that's, that's the yep. real CEO, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yep. CEO, yep. Ask a mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do that. But, you know, as we kind of like wrap up and say, what, is there any other piece of advice that you would like our listeners to have about how they can really navigate especially whether it's in times of chaos and crisis or even calm for them to be able to live and be the very best version of themselves. Yeah. I think it's similar to what you just mentioned when you talked about your shift. It's um, 
rather than trying to, what I would say is own your strengths, own your strengths, be able to articulate your strengths and then be as best in that area as you can. So rather than try to be something you're not or try to improve something that's not natural for you, I mean, of course you need to be able to function in your, in your job or society or whatever, but find your strengths and then be able to articulate them. And, and that's, that's, that's who you are. That's your personal brand. That's your value. And that will translate across everything. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. Now, how can people find you and like your work? I know that as an author, as a, I call it a researcher because you're always studying people and lives and sharing and, and giving back what your findings to that. How can they find you? Where can they so find I, you? So I, yep, I have a website, of course. It's athenawise.com, all one word. So it's Athena, the goddess of wisdom, wise, all one word, dot com. And that's where uh, you can find information about me, my keynotes, my training, consulting, everything. So um, that's it. That's actually it. Um, my Instagram and my Facebook right now is personal. I need to, I need to, um, I need to uh, wash it up a little bit and, and transfer it over to my business. But right now I'm, I'm on, I'm on the web. I love, no, I love that. And me, I'm say, I was I'm trying to get my Insta life together. And although I will um, share strategies on how to implement and utilize social media for your business objectives, I am not necessarily the person that wants to be right. <laughs> on social media. So I get it. And so I told people I'm, I'm baptizing myself into, into getting to be more um, involved in curating very special things that are going to add um, value. And, um, before we close, I just want to share with all of you listeners and thank you for being a part and to listen. And if there's something that resonates with you and you know, someone else that it's going to resonate with, please definitely share, um, this episode of walking through glass. And I am so just honored to have Nancy on and to share her tidbits and definitely go check her out, check out her website, find out more, and you'll find more details um, in the comments um, section about more of her work and more extensive pieces of her bio. But what I want to do right now beyond without a shadow of a doubt is say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to walking through glass and know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want, which is going to lead to you being confident about who you are called to be, not who other people tell you you should be, but who you're called to be. And that will allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart from listening to this episode of Walking Through Glass and No Walking Through Glass, the podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Music Play, and just put it in and you will probably find it and definitely share it with someone that you love and who's also walking through the glass. Thanks. Bye-bye. Real talk. Real talk.